Back to the finish, I feel the spirit moving through the city. I got the light shining, come get it. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. I feel the spirit moving through the city. I see the people trying to bring them with me. We got a light, tell them come and get it. Yeah. Walk, 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 walk. I walk, 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 walk. Welcome to another episode of the Glory Generation. Today, I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing my friend, my sister in Christ, Lorena Joy Stewart. Lorena is a, um, a certified coach and speaker, minister of the gospel, previous TV host and actress. So thank you so much for being here today on the Glory Gen podcast, Lorena. I'm so excited for the audience to get to know you. Hey. Um, so thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my joy. Course, of course. I'm excited. Yeah. So even though we've met a few weeks ago, I feel like, I feel like I've known you for a lot longer. Family. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that. We are family. <laughs> <laughs> We're just singing that. <laughs> so I don't know why, but the first thing that comes to my mind to talk about and to ask you about is so I'll preface it by saying when I first met Lorena uh when, well when we first exchanged contact information Lorena put her fiance Jesse oh. on the text thread and I thought that was the coolest thing ever mm. so uh, I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of room and space for miscommunication. There's a lot of room and space yeah. for ambiguity yes. if we're not being upfront. So is that something that you, you've always yeah. done in relationship? No, or? no. Actually, I made the great mistake of not doing that in previous years. Granted, prior to my Jesus encounter, I didn't understand. I mean, a lot of character development happened, and there's protocol. There's protocol to everything um, as a minister, cause I do minister as a woman of God, there's protocol and how to deal with men. Unfortunately, a lot of churches don't talk about this. And I actually had an experience in my twenties mm. where a man who is a minister was texting me. And back then, this is before my Jesus encounter. And I was kind of like a distressed, uh, quarter life crisis, uh, party girl. And I think this person really like saw like who God I was called to be mm. and would like reach out to me and text me. And it was, it was like harmless in my eyes. Um, and then that person ended up hitting on me and that person's wife reached out to me and said, you never reach out to a hot, you do not message or communicate to a married man without his wife involved. Wow. And, um, I think at that time I was just so like, uh, my head was, you know, I just, I didn't understand. Oh, poor me. And then when I grew up, I had the Jesus encounter and that next year after the Jesus encounter, I, or months after the Jesus encounter, actually, I reached out to her and I apologized. And I said, I didn't know the weight of what had, like, I just thought I was innocent in this. It was my friend, mentor. And I am so sorry I learned from this. I wouldn't want any woman reaching out to my man, yeah. um, a boyfriend, let alone a husband. 
And then I began to learn the protocol of how to deal with ministers. I mean, even good-hearted ministers are still human, right? right? And so, and what is the biggest, let's be real. What's the biggest temptation for men? Like, let's, let's be real. So like, and I, um, I learned then, and then I learned through the protocol. I made the mistake once. Um, after my Jesus encounter, I was like, oh, this person's harmless. They're deliverance minister. And that person asked me lunch and I shut it down, blocked him and told, you know, told my fiance because I thought like, surely this person would never. And so it's just, it really stuck with me after that last mistake. I promised myself to never, Mm. ever text like, and so to always put it in and Jesse's involved. He always knows what he knows what we're talking about. And, and that way, and and he's a part of the equation because the enemy really works in the slippery places. And so nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to cheat on so-and-so or I'm going to get an affair. Nobody wakes up and says they're going to be an alcoholic, right? It starts with just a simple, innocent whatever, a simple, innocent text, a simple, innocent coffee, a simple, innocent, and next thing you know, it's not so simple and innocent. And so I feel like I'm so glad you brought this topic up because I feel like this younger generation has not been taught the protocol of how to handle, um, you know, men and women, especially when they're engaged. And even if you're not engaged, you're, you have a boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, some people think it's it's not as necessary. I still think when Jesse was my boyfriend, I would still include him in. He wasn't my fiance yet. I would still bring him into the text because I didn't ever want there to be um, anyone to get the wrong idea. And you don't want to leave any space for mis- like you want to protect yeah that relationship totally. Like, I, and I think especially because of how significant it is to Jesus to God. Yes. The, the representation of marriage is the representation between God yes, and the so church. Yes, so good. So yes. if we see it as important as God does, then we're going to protect it just like God protects his church. Yes. And you're right. It starts off as an innocent text. You're not even thinking about that person in that way, but the enemy is so sneaky. So yeah. you don't want to leave any room for him. And I think it's so important for yeah. men and women to understand the benefit of preventative care. Yep. It's not about... Wait, wait, say that again. The benefit of preventative care. The benefit of preventative care. So instead of waiting till your relationship is in the toilet and then going to counseling, protect it from the beginning. Yes. So that way it doesn't get to that place. Yes. So... So good. That's why, I mean, I I know I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but I just felt like I want people to hear about how to have a God honoring relationship. Yes. Yes. When, and when you fear God, you, your, your lifestyle will like line up with it. I think there's so many people out there that they're just like, they're going to lunch with people and then they're opposite. Oh, they're friends. And I'm like, Whoa, sister girl, he has a crush on you. How do you not see this? Like, yeah. Going to lunch. Yeah. Does he know about, you know, and so Starts with this, going is, to lunch. this is so good. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so talk more about, um, talk more about your, you know, your, your protocols around relationships. So that's, that's how you protect mm. your relationship from the outside. Yeah. How do you protect your relationship from the inside? Purity. Purity. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, purity, the first thing I think of, well, I mean, what's the first thing you think of when you hear the word purity? Sex. Exactly. Yeah. So 
purity is multifaceted. It's it's dynamic, but it starts. I mean, we'll go on the basic level of purity, sex. Yeah. Um, we have a culture of Christians that think that it's okay because that's the one. Mm-hmm. It's okay because you know they love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay because they're doing everything but sex and. Um, I mean, I could tell you my Jesus encounter of when I decided, I mean, that wasn't the Jesus, this was a, it was Jesus encounter. It was one of the many, but Mm. where I decided to be, come celibate and live in purity. And, um, you know, people think I'm crazy. They call me intense for it. I think it's crazy that people think it's okay to be having sex and be like, like your soul isn't like, it's just wild. So we protect it with literal, um, boundaries, you know, um, when Jesse and I first met, there was so much passion. I knew he was the one eventually. It didn't happen overnight, but eventually I knew he knew. And then when you love somebody and you're attracted, you're kissing, you're like going to start like we're created to want to go further. So Jesse put this boundary and said, look, we can't kiss. We can't make out because we don't want to turn on the car and not drive it. You, you just don't start a car just to sit there. You start yeah. a car because you're going to drive it. And he said, so let's not turn on the engine. If we can't drive it. So wise. And I was like, I can sit in the car and kiss you. And like, I, it would nothing. And he goes, Reen, you're not a dude. You're not a guy. You don't understand. And so for men, it's just, it's like on or off. For women, we could be like, oh, let's make out. And just that's it. And snuggle. And like, you know, (laughs) like, and guys are just not wired that way. And so Jesse put the boundary that we wouldn't make out until marriage and it sounds extreme and had you told me this two years ago i'd be like those are weird christian people that are ugly and cannot get anyone and that's why they're doing that but let me tell you jesse and i we're not we're not ugly okay i'm not (laughs) we're not ugly we can we're doing all right and we are attractive people and you know we're doing it because we want to honor god we fear god we want to honor purity purity is so powerful to carrying the power and presence of god in your life if you want to walk in that and walk in in that closeness with god we've got to have purity it's the pure of heart that see god mm-hmm. and so Jesse and i you know it, we've been made fun of um we've been, i mean even adults who are not christian have said really almost demented things because we have this boundary in our mar- in our uh, relationship yeah and it it's so powerful though because he's not only i'm not just attracted i love him i'm in love with him he's my best friend yeah. i've got to know who he really is he knows who i really am the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> and there's just such a closeness and an intimacy that is not sexual you know that wouldn't have probably developed as much as it did if you guys were being intimate in that way and i think you said something that i want to harp on for a second and it's jesse set that boundary so guys men listen up (laughs) it's your responsibility as the leader yes in the relationship to set the boundary yes i tried to break that boundary a lot, I mean, and, and I was like, it's okay, like, we can make out. And he was like, no, this is what he said. Yeah. I'll just tell you this. He said, Rain, I need you to honor me because I want to honor God. And I said, okay, done. Never again. I just, it was after that, it was like, I honor you and I, I want to honor God. But he had to be the man about it. 
And unfortunately, I'm glad it didn't work out this way for you guys because I know you you fear and honor God too. But yeah. men, women, girls, boys, if you're significant other doesn't respect that boundary that's a red flag come on. move on, come on. <laughs> or wait until they're mature enough to get it because yes the fear of god comes before the fear yes of man. my god you cannot Absolutely. fear god and fear men if you fear men you don't fear god if you fear god you don't fear men yes so yes yes <laughs> so fear <Truth> bombs. <laughs> fear god first and he will do, he will make the path clear. He'll make the person. He'll make it clear if it's the right person for you. Um, and it helps other people live at a higher standard of so Christianity, of life, of, of everything. It's just a higher standard of living when when yeah. you choose to to be obedient. Yes. To God. Yes. There's reward. Yeah. And there's power connected. Yeah. Real power. So when's the big day? I can't announce that okay. yet. <laughs> but it's this year. That's and amazing.Yes.Yeah.You're going to be invited.Yes.And be able to have some wedding cake.Um,but yeah,it's,it's been quite a journey actually.The relationship I came out before Jesse,the man told me,uh,if you don't compromise,this is over.He said,you'll never find
your souls are coming together and they're uniting as one. And then you, a lot of times, you know, and then you, you break up and then you go to somebody else and then you date that person. And then this, you still have the pieces from the last person Yeah. and then you break up and then you continually, you're, you're still connected. And, and when you break up, it feels literally like you're getting a leg pulled off. It could be so, so devastating because you're one with that person and not only just one, whatever spirits were in them. So we're talking soul, but now we're going to talk spirit. So the spirits that were in that person have now had entryway through the power of sex. Sex is so powerful that that now, just think about life is produced through sex. Transfer. So now what was ever in so-and-so, you know, the man or the woman, now they're intercrossing and and there's like, they're taking on what's on that, in and on that, in that person. Yeah. And then they're battling with things they never battled before. And they're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And, and so soul ties, you got to break your mind, will, and emotions come out of agreement. And that can even be with friendships. There's times I've, I was soul tied to friends that I needed to come out of friendship with to where I would be on the floor crying like God just, and it would hurt. But I would say, God, I break these soul ties with so-and-so I sever and I give back every fragment of this person. I give it back to her. I give every piece of her back. I release her from my soul. I sever my every attachment that, 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 that I have to this person and God, and I just start praying, God sever the soul tie and I give back. And I also take back the pieces of me that I gave away. That, that I, I call back those pieces of me to my heart, my mind, my will, my emotions, God, that I am made completely whole in the name of Jesus. And these kinds of prayers, literally minutes just broke like that. You could feel the shift. Powerful. I didn't need to go to years of therapy. Just and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I did that in my 20s, but it was like done. And the, the, the sin part, you know, dealing with the soul level, but then the spiritual level, um, I had met this minister in, I think it was January in 2016. And then um, by May, I had been delivered of an eating disorder, delivered of astrology, psychic, all the witchcraft that I had gotten involved in. I was so delivered from suicide, like hardcore stuff, right? And I was living pure at that time. I mean, it doesn't sound long, a few months. Mm -hmm. And then I dated somebody and I slept with somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just keep it real. Yeah. And I, three days later at the time I had a TV show and I was looking, looking to move, you know, to LA and I had an attack, a panic attack, hyperventilating, like on the floor, on the grass rather in um, Beverly Hills. And I couldn't breathe. And I was like, (laughs) and I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I just, I, I just like, it was so hard. I can't even put into words what I was feeling. Did you have panic attacks prior to that? No, never. And it was so heavy, Josh. Like I literally cannot. And I get a phone call, a WhatsApp from a minister, that minister who was mentoring me, praying for me, bringing me through deliverance. And she called me from the Philippines. She was on a mission trip, and she said, "Daughter, the Lord told me to call you." And I'm like, "Good thing, cause I can't." <laughs> like you know. And she's yeah. like, busting out in tongues. I don't know if listeners know what tongues is. Your holy language. It's where you pray through the Holy Spirit. He's praying through you. It's in the Bible. It's biblical. Go read Acts chapter 2. Read Acts. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely be educated on that. Um, But she started praying in tongues, and then she started praying in English, and she started breaking this stuff off. And then I got up off the grass, and I was like, whoa, I feel better. 
And I was like, and I felt like claws released me out of my chest. And I said, what was that? Yeah. And she said, you opened the door. And I said, what door? And she just like paused. And I kind of knew. She's like, you know what door. She <laughs> said that. She goes, you know what door. <laughs> and I said, what am I supposed to do? Wait until marriage? Yeah. She goes, that's what the Bible says. Mm. She said, because when you sin, you're opening yourself up to those spirits. That, that It's an open door to the demonic. And sex is one of the most powerful. It is so powerful. That's why it's so perverted. Is the enemy knows how powerful sex is yeah. that... It has been perverted in our culture. And um, and so that was like the turning point for me to understand and connect sin with with demonic uh, oppression. Sin was an open door to these tormenting spirits. And in particular, sex was an open door to spirits that I never wanted to deal with again in my entire life. And I walked down the streets in Beverly Hills. So I remember just looking at these big houses. And I said, God... I don't know how I'm going to do this because I live the lifestyle. And I said, but I really want to live pure. I want to do what the Bible says. I want it, God. Like, I want to be free from this lifestyle. I, I never really felt whole. I n- always felt like my heart was, even though I showed up to church, I always felt fragmented. And I told God, I said, for I, I, I want to do this. And so he said, okay, I'll back you. I tell my friends, of course, they made fun of me. They're like, huh, you're right. And like, like, okay. A year later, I was, I was, and I I told all my friends, I said, it's been a year and I feel whole for the very first time in my life. Wow. For the first time, I didn't feel fragmented. For the first time, I didn't feel shattered. Like my heart was in pieces and uh, all this, that yucky feeling. Wow. So that was, that was, that was the beginning of. And that, and I think it, I think it's important for the listeners to, to know your background too, because you were, you're, your background is Hollywood. So, mm. you know, you're, I don't know if you were a believer prior to that, but. Yeah, you know, the Jesus transformation happened as I was moving to LA and as that was happening. Yeah. So in 2016, I really was tested with the opportunity to compromise. And that's what's in Hollywood is compromise. And I had to say no to a lot of things and eventually I was I there was it came to a point where it was like I started I met Dr. Michelle Corral started going to her ministry and it was so powerful that I didn't want to even be a part of Hollywood anymore because it was like I was just so grossed out by the things I saw the things I encountered and the stories that I heard from even men and it was just so twisted that I just I, I was there and I ended up ministering to people and um, saving people. It was just like God really moved. But it was, it was, I, this is the thing with Christians in Hollywood. A lot of people are like, I'm the light. I'm here to be light and the salt and I'm going to be a good influence. But a little bit of compromise, a little bit of taking this off, a little bit of that. And, and then it's like a slow fade. Like if you're going to Hollywood as a Christian, you really got to have like you got to know your boundaries and you got to be ready for some rejection from people that say, if you don't do this, you're going to lose this role or we don't want to rep- represent you because you're too conservative. And you just got to have the wherewithal to say, 
I don't care who doesn't like it. I don't care if they don't accept me. I don't care. There is a, a, a position for me. There is a role for me that is going to be great where I don't have to compromise my character, my morals, or my beliefs. But they have. it has to be like so like strong because a lot of really soft, amazing people with great intentions go in and they get swallowed up by the lions. And I think it's important to to really be honest with yourself about your intentions about, and not you specifically, but yeah. in general, for us to be honest with ourselves about why do I really want to be in this environment? Yep. Am I using this, the gospel as an excuse to be in this environment or is my heart really for these people to save them? Cause I, I think for myself, I had to be really honest with my, for me, it wasn't Hollywood. It was, it was money and success and yeah. prosperity. And it's, it was always like, I want God to bless me so I can fund this ministry and fund that ministry. And it's like, God, I felt like God was telling me, like, I don't need you. Wow. I don't need you to fund a ministry. I have everything. I want you fully consecrated Come to on. me. I created you for intimacy. Come and on. when we're, when, when, when I'm, it's, it's crazy because in this season, I went from my ultimate desire and pursuit was money. Wow. And it was, a God, it was an idol to me. And I wanted to be involved in ministry. I wanted my I wanted my cake and I wanted to eat it too. Yeah. So I wanted to to pursue money, to have the lifestyle that I wanted, and also get into heaven. I also I, I did care about people. Yeah. I wanted, you know, but it, that wasn't that wasn't number one. It wasn't wow. I wasn't seeking first the kingdom. And then trusting yeah. that all these things would be added to me. I was seeking first my kingdom and then adding wow. God's kingdom on the side. That's so good. <laughs> you know? Seeking first my kingdom. Yeah. Wow. Seeking first my kingdom and then yeah, adding wow. adding God in my in my free time and my 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 extra time. And I'm reminded with the lady that that Jesus said she's given more. The lady that gave two pennies or two everything. shekels, she gave everything she had and she was gonna have that eternal reward more than people that gave out of their extra i have millions of dollars and i'm giving a little bit or i have 24 i'll I'll, I'll volunteer an hour or two hours a week Mm -hmm. like we're doing god a favor like god is like god's impressed with us or something that's That's, so good it's so yeah so my my mind is my my perspective has completely shifted in this season i'm like it really is a miracle because it, it takes the holy spirit to change someone's heart Cause like I, I thought I was doing the right thing for a season and on what the What was right the catalyst track. of change for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Can I ask you yes, question? I mean, absolutely. I know you're interviewing me, but <laughs> yeah. I want to know. <laughs> yes, that's such a good question. Um, the catalyst was I had been working for this company for four years. I had accomplished way more than I ever thought that I would accomplish in my life. Like, my goal, if I, if I showed you my, my vision board prior to this, it was I wanted to make $100,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was fully surrendered to God at this time. Mm-hmm. God completely blew my, my goals out of the water. Like I experienced a level of success mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I never really believed that I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in July of 2022... July 6th, 
um, the rug was just pulled from under me. The company completely shut down. Um, they didn't even pay us our last paycheck. Wow. And everything that I had my security in, everything that I had my identity in, was robbed of me. Wow. It didn't hit me immediately, but it was a few months later when my other my backup plans failed also. Because I was oh, like, I'm going to start a business. Perfect. That's fine. I'm going to start my own business. And it's like, God is like, that's not what I want you to do right now. So I, I, God sent me Pastor Sam in that season. And it was just, was this was November of last year. Wow. November 2022. So I went from July to November um, kind of just waiting for things to happen, waiting wow. for the license, not really knowing, okay, what's God's plan here, trying not to be overcome with fear and anxiety and worry and f- of the future because my expenses were still right here and my, you know, my savings was getting depleted wow. every single month. So, so Pastor Sam came and um, stayed with me. He just left yesterday for the last, for four months. And I know it was tough taking him to the airport yesterday. But um, I just started seeking God in a way that I never have before. Um, And experiencing him in a way that I never have before. Experiencing what it means to be led by the spirit. To have that intimate relationship with him. Because I've, I've, there's a difference between having a routine where you read the Bible and pray, mm-hmm. and there's a difference when you are actually hearing from God, yes. being led by God every step of the way. Yes. Um, and I, Pastor Sam introduced me to the secret place, mm-hmm. and um, he had told me about it before, but I never really dove in, and I had no excuses at this point. I had nothing to do. I had no work, (laughs) no job, job, (laughs) nowhere to be. So it's like I was not in a rush. So I I, I had to get, I got rid of the distractions. I'd come into God's presence, rid myself of every distraction and come before God, seeking his presence, seeking his word. Um, And every time I came into his presence, whatever I came in with, the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the depression, Mm -hmm. the overwhelm, the burden, I never left God's presence with what I came in with. That's so good. Yeah. I always left lighter, more peaceful, confident, um, strong, and... um, Question for you. Yeah. So listeners might be... (laughs) I'm not trying to interview you, but... (laughs) Listeners might be (laughs) listening and saying, what is the secret place? Can you explain to them what the secret place is and how to get in the secret place? Yes. So the secret place is... When you are alone with God, um, it could be in your car, it can be in your room, it can be anywhere where it's just you and God. Um, and for, for me, what I learned on how to, how to get in the secret place was first, I, I'm so glad you asked that question on how to get into it because mm-hmm. it's one thing to, to just isolate yourself in a room and, and seek God, but it's another thing. There's a protocol. Like yes. I was talking to, um, I was talking to, to, to one of the guys that I mentor, um, and I was telling him, if you wanted to get a meeting with the president, you wouldn't just fly to, to DC, 
walk into the White House, kick your feet up on the Oval <laughs> Office and say, what's up, Prez? Like, yeah. you know, like, let's chat. There's protocol for yes. approaching. That there is. So, so good. For, for approaching the creator of the universe, you have to be clean. So to get into the, the presence of God, I, I begin with repentance. Yes, come God, on. God, purify me, cleanse me, so search my heart. Show me where I have offended you. Show me where I've sinned, yes. even if it wasn't on purpose. And I, I repent and I turn away from my sin. Mm. And then my next step is to worship God, to just yes. dwell in. It's it's to to fix my eyes on his holiness, yes. his sovereignty, his power, to remind myself who, who I'm talking to. Yeah. So, and I feel like, you know, even in even in the Lord's Prayer, He says, "Our Father in Heaven, holy is Your name, hallowed is Your name." Yes. Right. So He begins approaching God with yes. mentioning and recognizing God's holiness yes. and sovereignty. So, and it's almost like I, I like not to not to sound formulaic in any way, yes. but. Um, Every time, that's my that's my heart posture, not just my lip service. Not it's not reciting something. Yeah, it's truly meaning it. Meaning you don't it. just say I apologize for uh, sinning, or you, you legit repent, which means turn around. Like you turn your back on it. You genuinely don't want it. Yeah, it's a real, and you genuinely are worshiping, not just yeah. not just to hear yourself. So like it's yeah, that's so powerful. And God's presence meets me. Every time that I do that, it's, it, it's without fail. It's biblical. Even you look at the scripture that says that we come. Uh, we it says, "I enter through the enter through your gates with praise and your courts, or no, through the gates with thanksgiving and through your courts with praise." Yeah. So it's like that that praise and get with the courts. Where's the courts? His heavenly courts, like in his presence right before him yeah. you go in the courts before the king like you're standing before the king it's so powerful I th i'm so glad you shared that because i know sometimes christianese our language where people can be like what's what's the secret place do i want to know the <laughs> secret tell me the secret so yeah. that's your secret to getting into the secret place that's my secret yeah yeah, yeah. and it's um where where did how did we get on this topic? I don't know, <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. I can, uh, I feel like I feel God right now. I'm just like yes. Yes. I want to go. I like now. I want to just go in the secret place. Like I, I want to go to that place right now because I'm like. I know, and it, yeah, and once you once you experience God in that way, I think and that's the enemy's goal is to distract us. Absolutely. It's to and to twist the character of God like he like he did from the beginning. Mm. Um, so that way he makes God out to be a harsh, you know, taskmaster, withholder, yeah. punisher, which is how I used to view God. But um, once you wow. experience and taste God's goodness, like you want to, like I long to be in God's presence. I yes. long to be in the secret place. Yes. I, I can't wait to be back in my yes. alone, away from people yes. and just connecting with, yes. with God. Yes. So powerful. So he's so, so powerful. He's so good. <laughs> uh, so I really want to know. I think we know a little bit of pre-Jesus Lorena. Uh, <laughs> but 
if you want to talk a little bit about pre-Jesus and how you came, how you had your Jesus encounter, mm. and then what what happened. I know you mentioned it briefly that deliverance from oh, yeah. um, certain uh, you know, disor- eating disorders and yeah. uh, you know. So expand yeah, on, on, on absolutely. that. Absolutely, a big part of who I am today is deliverance, and I don't mean to use that, throw that word around. I feel like we hear it all the time. Um, the first, I feel like you know, deliverance. There's layers. Yeah. Some things he can't, he won't get to because it's attached to a certain pain that needs to heal, and he's so kind that he would allow us. Because if he, we get delivered from something and we're not whole healed, it'll just come back worse. So the first deliverance in my life was not like, and I was not like, I didn't have like, you know, it was, I didn't even know it was deliverance because I was on the ground crying and shaking yeah. under the power of God. Yeah. Um, it was powerful. I had battled so many things. And one thing in particular was 11 year long eating disorder, bulimia on and off, which was so tormenting and such a strong bondage it felt like an addiction um you know would i i could almost cry thinking about it because i know there's so many women out there that battle and it's such a secret sin you don't want people to know about but after throwing up i would i would be on the floor and just be like i'm never going to do this again i don't want to do this you feel so much guilt you feel so much shame and then like an addict you get up and do it again just hours later do you mind if I ask you what is going through your mind when you feel the need to do that? It's it's like, you know, some some things are truly just spiritual. They're demonic mm. spirits ministering or there's a bondage, like a, a stronghold, yeah. um, a compulsive. Uh, it, it, I, for example, I had a therapist for many years and not only did it not, get rid of it i think it made it worse Mm. it um you're dealing with spirits like we battle not against flesh and blood right but rulers principalities we're battling demonic forces in this world and 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 a lot of churches don't talk about this because they don't want to scare people because what people don't understand they're afraid of right what people don't understand they judge so there's a lack of understanding because there's a lack of conversation and i just want to say to that point what jesus said about that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. For a lack of knowledge, so ignorance is not bliss. It's not, <laughs> and so um, people go to the grave. We have so many Christians with so much potential and promise that go to the grave in bondage, never walking out their true call and purpose on this earth because they didn't get free from stuff. And I think God is raising up a generation uh, to to say, no, you're not going to go to the grave in bondage. You're going to write that book. You're going to marry the man God has for you. You're gonna birth the ministry, the business, whatever it is. Amen. You're going to have the children. The devil is a liar. We're not accepting it. And, you, and if you have to go after soul healing, so be it. If you have to get devils cast out of you, like I went through that, I'll tell we could get to that. But, you know, the first layer with the eating disorder and all that, how that actually spurred is I hit rock bottom. I hit a place of desperation. I had partied. I had lived life. I dated bad people. I dated, so, you know, I was just, I don't even want to give it glory. It was not godly. Um, and, and nobody probably even knew I was a Christian, even though I would like go party Saturday, show up to church on Sundays and the bondage left with the bondage. And that's not how church should be. Mm-hmm. Church should be like you walk in bondages off and you don't even want what you had on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's what real church is. And so I, I, uh, 
had a rock bottom and I actually was contemplating life at that point. And that was about probably January 2016. And I, I remember just hitting rock bottom. And I said, God, if you're real. Now, mind you, I grew up in a church home. I went to Oral Roberts University. I seen miracles. Um, I prayed in tongues at age six. But this is my conversation because I had gotten so far from God because sin will always separate us from God. And um, I said, God, if, if you're real, if you're really there, if you're really who everyone says you are. I said, then get me out of this place of bondage, this dark place, set me free and I'll help set other people free. Take this so far from me that I never feel it. I never will feel this feeling again. And I'll tell everybody it was you. Hmm. Well, God did. He brought a minister in my life and that whole church was fasting and praying for me. I get delivered, go through this healing. And then that summer, I start battling with thoughts. This is the enemy. These are ministering voices that are not the Holy Spirit. These are the spirit of deception. Is Jesus really the only way? That's so funny. Is Jesus? And then I start, is Jesus the only way to heaven? I mean, what about the Buddhists? What about the Muslims? What about, I mean, they're so convicted that their way is the way too. And then, and then I said, Jesus, if you're, as if you're the only way, you need to make yourself so known to me, so real to me. And I encountered Jesus throughout my whole life, like on the ground shaking. And mind you, months prior, I was getting healed and delivered, shaking on the ground, uh, like shaking under the power of God, getting set free from things. And I asked God, and it was shortly there and after, I was sitting on my floor at, at, in my place in Beverly Hills, and I had my back against the wall, and I was worshiping, and... I, I, I didn't ask God to show. I didn't ask Jesus to show up at that point. I was just worshiping. And out of the corner of my room, I saw in the spirit, Jesus come. And I am not making, I'm not the person to make up these things. I'm very, I'm a very practical person. So when yeah. I see things, I'm really seeing it, you know? Yeah. And I saw Jesus come and put two hands on my head like this, just like over my head, like this. And the power of God just went through me. And I started shaking, crying, bawling. And the, the things I felt in my chest came out because I would always feel things. And then I said, I will never question you again. Wow. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the way, the truth. You are the light. You are the door to heaven. You are the door to God the Father. And I will never question you again. And I knew at that point, like, there's no turning back. And then shortly thereafter, I started having a women's ministry. And then God... Um, women's Bible study. It just, God started moving quickly, quickly. He started teaching me deliverance. I started casting out devil. Like he moved within a, a year. He, it's like once I made the decision to become pure and really start to walk out the things, he just started moving me into the gifts of the spirit. And um, which leads me to. Can I just say something before you continue? Yeah. I wanted to say this is glory, Jen, because this is what it means to believe in Jesus. It's not to not to mentally accept something and then continue to live in the wreckage, the bondage, the addiction, yes. the misery that you were living in post Christ. Yeah. That's not what Jesus has for us. And I think that the church is so far gone from that reality that we've accepted a Come watered on. down version of the gospel Come and we're on. living in on the minimal of what God has for us. 
when there's so much more. So, so much. Is more. that available to everyone, or is that absolutely. just is it just a unique experience that it's, you had? It's absolutely. I mean, it's Jesus's heart for everybody. Mm. You know, that's why he's commissioned us to cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And um, he wants, you know, he heals the brokenhearted. He's really in, invested and he's really interested in our hearts' affairs, the affairs of our hearts, the matters of our hearts and our health even. He wants us whole. This whole, the, the sickness, disease, demonic oppression. And, and there's people that say Christians, God bless them. I'm not going to say anything. There's people that say Christians can't be possessed. And I, I can tell you stories where I've seen they have. Mm. Full-on Christians, pastors, including myself, when I got delivered, something was speaking out of my mouth. Okay, so we just say, <laughs> like, that was hardcore deliverance, and we, we could talk about that another time. But yeah. this is real stuff. Yeah, This is real, and Jesus really wants us free. But first of all, we have to acknowledge that it's real. And sometimes we can't just run to a minister and pop, we're free. Sometimes we got to walk it out. There's things in my life when I said, God, I need deliverance, and I'm going to go to a deliverance minister. And he said, no, you're not, because you're going to come to me, because I'm the deliverance minister. I'm your Yeshua. I'm your deliverer, and I need you to come to me so you know how to walk it out so you can help others walk it out. So, so every time you start battling, you don't run to a deliverance minister so that you can know how to get free like that and so sometimes it's going to take work like god and in his kindness will meet us where we're at he's not going to expect um he's not going to expect people to to be where i'm at right now in my walk with god this has come through many years and a lot of word and a lot of of fasting and praying and seeking god and sitting under uh one of the greatest bible teachers ever you know and an anointed woman of God, yeah. and um, and and it it, it it didn't just happen overnight. So there, th- people have to understand that there's processes, yeah. there's there's layers to things, and He wants everybody free. And all it takes is just calling out on the name, it, it, just call out to Jesus, just say Jesus. You know, it's as simple as saying Jesus. I the desire of me wanting to be pure is all God needed. I didn't need to have a game plan on how I was going to make it happen. I had no idea how I was going to have let that happen. But it was the desire. And where there's a desire, the Bible says, I believe in Matthew 7, 7, that, that those that knock the door will be open. Those that seek shall find. Those that, those that ask shall receive. Right. He says, if your uh, earthly fathers, you ask him for bread, is he going to give you a stone? Right. No. How much more will your heavenly father give into you? So we got to have the desire. And out of desire, we ask. We seek. We knock. We say, Father, I want I want healing in my soul, or I need to be physically delivered, or I want to be free from addiction. Mm-hmm. I want to be free. Like it starts with the desire, but people who don't have a desire, I've run into this and this, these are the people God can't help mm-hmm. because he's a gentleman. He'll never force himself on somebody. He'll never force his freedom on anybody. Are those that say, I don't need deliverance. I don't need, uh, this is just the way it is. My mom was like this. Dad was like this. Um, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. Or if they say they want it, but their heart exactly does, isn't ready to let go exactly of what they are asking for deliverance yep. from. They have to really hate it. Yeah. When you hate it and it's your enemy, then you can be free. Yeah. Like, I hate astrology and witchcraft and psychics and all that stuff. Yeah. I hate it. There's not even a little bit of curiosity because I know it's my enemy. 
when people start to hate, I hate unforgiveness because I know how it rots the soul. Yeah. I hate it. I don't want it. I don't want to hold on to it. I relinquish my right to be right because I want my soul to be whole because unforgiveness is a huge open door to the enemy. Little things like that people don't realize. Oh, yeah. And it looks so innocent. Talk about, talk about unforgiveness a little bit more because I think it's such a, um, it's such an underspoken about, under talked about subject mm. when I don't know why because Jesus clearly said, yeah. If you don't forgive others, you I won't forgive you. Yep. Which is I we just skim right over that part. Yeah. But talk about unforgiveness. Yeah. Unforgiveness, my gosh. Okay, so unforgiveness is um for whatever reason it's permitted in the, the body of Christ because it's not like someone showing up looking like a hoochie mama. It's doesn't it's not homos you know, the church is so quick to go after things that you can physically see. Right. But unforgiveness you cannot see, yeah. but you can hear when people start to speak because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So they give themselves away when they start talking bitter. I think you can, honestly, I think you can even see it on yeah. people's body. Like Their your, bo- your, your body carries yeah. that. Like, I, like, you know, like you it just, does. it's a weight that it you're is. carrying around. It is. And the trained eye can see it. Yeah. I mean, when you're sensitive, like yourself, you can see it, but it is, it's cancerous to the soul. The Lord talks about in Matthew, or is it Matthew 18, chapter 18, he talks about um, unforgiveness with the, the servant. He forgives yeah, I'm just of a big this. debt. And uh-huh. then, um, you want me to pull it up? No, I was going to, Matthew 18. Yes. It's towards the bottom. Restoring broken relationships. Uh well, that's unlimited good forgiveness. Yes. Not seven times, but 77 or yep. keep going. And then he tells the parable. Mm. He tells the parable about the, oh. the servant that um, the, the king, mm. the, the master, he begged for his forgiveness because he owed him a lot of money. Yeah. And then the, the master, out of mercy, mm. forgave him. And then he let him go instead of imprisoning him. And then he went to the person who owed him money, which was much, much less. And he threw him in jail, I believe, or he tore he, yeah, he, him. He, yeah, until he could pay. Yeah. And the Lord talks about giving um, the master found out what he had done, and he threw him to the tormentors. I really, and I speak from experience, holding in unforgiveness is tormenting. Yeah. And I truly believe that when he talks about the tormentors, he's really talking about spirit, p- demonic powers that have legal right because everything in the kingdom is about legalities. Everything about the kingdom of darkness, they know when they can't cross a boundary. They know when there's no legal right. But unforgiveness is an illegal right for those demonic, tormenting spirits. And and people will pray, but yet harbor unforgiveness. Check this out. Mark 11, 23, 24, 25 here. I'll just read it to you because it talks about the power of faith and how you can move mountains if all if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. And you say into this mountain, be cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart, but truly believe it. It shall be done into thee. But here's the catcher. that This, this is the part that a lot of people um, skip over. They don't. They don't read this part, but I'll read it to you. Yeah. Um, so let's go down. Jesus answered saying to them, so this is verse 22. Mm-hmm. 
Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says of this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted unto him. That's a promise. Verse 24 says, therefore I say to you, all things. How? How many things? All. All things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them and they will be granted to you. And that sounds great. We're like, yes, we get our prayers answered. Yes, hallelujah. But But (laughs) whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. I'm so glad that is, and it's so it, it, this is a multifaceted thing because, oh, I mean, look, unforgiveness that goes undetected, undealt with can, will turn into bitterness and resentments and bitter roots the Bible talks about. And those are a lot harder to deal with when it's it's on a surface level of unforgiveness. But when it starts to turn into that bitter and and it goes deep, that's, that's harder to get out. And it's, it's, it's in, yeah, it's, it's tough and it can actually start to change a person's personality. So if you're not experiencing God, maybe you should look at unforgiveness. Yes. Because unforgiveness could potentially be the, or one of the reasons why your prayers are being hindered. You're not experiencing the power of God. And I think it's so important to talk about this because yeah. there's there were two buts yeah. in that verse and a lot of believers don't understand that there's so much contingencies in the bible there are there's so many contingencies you there's so many conditions but. yeah it's like you have access to all of these blessings but, but there's a condition yes you have to keep your end of the bargain yep otherwise don't expect god to keep his. <laughs> yep. And he, he's so benevolent. Yeah. You know, he's saying whatever you ask for in prayer. Um, and so it's pretty, you know, if pra- you want prayers answered, you got to forgive. If you don't want to be tormented, because I'm telling you, when I went through, I went through a hard betrayal mm. that I'm not going to discuss right now mm. because I just don't want to go there. But it was so heartbreaking. Yeah. And I had walked in love. And I thought I forgave. Yeah. Months after, I would even get that person. I was just walking in love, get that person a gift, just be kind. But then these things started to fester and it started in the mind. Mm. Remember, again, those ministering spirits like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Yes. Did God really say that? Well, remember what she said? Remember what she did? If it wasn't for you, X, Y, Z, X, Y. How could somebody do that to you? And it's just those voices. And then if we don't recognize them as the voices and we, we receive it as our own voice, literally it can just pull up that, pull up that unforgiveness and, and manifest it all over again. And now it's like, but its goal is bitterness, the roots, because bitter roots are harder. Because on the surface, I know so many people that say, I forgive, and I'm like, you're talking like you don't. Because when you forgive, your words will come out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we forgive, how we talk about people, even people that did us wrong, mm. it'll reflect. But when there's bitter roots in there and we give little, eh, and we're like, you, it's a little, a little cut, like a little dag at the person, mm. 
you know that that it, there's still something in there that has to be dealt with. And I, I do have to say that that healing from the pain of being betrayed or mishandled doesn't just go away when you forgive. Mm. See, that's something I'll work out with the Lord is is taking your pains to him and letting him heal you. And, and so sometimes yeah. forgiveness is a process because yeah. what the pain will want to do is the pain will want to pull you back into unforgiveness. The pain will want to remind you of why you're feeling those things in the first place. If they didn't do this, look at what all you did for them, and this is what they do to you. See, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of the enemy that wants to go after your soul because he knows if he can get, the enemy knew if he could get my soul in such a dark place of bitterness and retaliation and like that, I would be out of my position and my place. I don't even think I would have met you guys. I don't think a lot of things that God has blessed me with in this season would happen because I needed to, he was testing my heart. Can you really walk in love? Can you really bless your enemy? That's what the Bible commands us to do. Can you really, can you really forgive? I mean, it's easy to forgive when it's something like whatever, but when it's a big thing, is it easy to forget? Can it, can you really do it? You know, I felt like it was a, it, it was a test of my character in a refining process, so that the little things did come out. I had to deal with thoughts of retaliating. I'll give them a piece of my mind. I'm gonna tell them. I'm just gonna because I mean I've got the gift of the tongue, so boom. But can misuse it yeah. if I if the flesh gets involved, it can be very destructive. And so I'm like, and God's like, no, you're not. He's like, you want to do that? You want to sabotage? like your call and destiny and you want to go around the mountain again, like Israel in the wilderness mm. then keep making the same mistakes. Yeah. Your tongue is used to crush the enemy, not people. So I was like, all right. And I literally would bite my tongue sometimes. I did like, so how did you, how did you, because I think there's a, a lot of people that have experienced such heaviness, betrayal, yeah. like, like you, like you mentioned and unforgiveness or, or forgiveness just, feels like such a, a mountain that is yes. so difficult to scale that you don't even think it's possible yes. to experience forgiveness and healing. So how did you? Yes. Well, first of all, I, you know, a lot of, <laughs> in all of transparency, I Googled forgiveness on YouTube. No, I YouTubed forgiveness sermons, and nobody tells you how to forgive. Right. Everyone tells you, you need to forgive. But nobody teaches how do you forgive. That's why everyone teaches the secret place. But that's why I said how do you get in the secret? Because a lot of times we need to know how to do something. And so for me, I um, first started with just getting before the Lord and repenting for allowing it in my heart, although it was justifiable, mm. even though I had the right to hum- be offended. Humanly speaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on a human level. Yeah. But because God forgives me, and he loves me, and he doesn't hold the things I do against me. I mean, and Jesse is a part of the testimony of this, is I look at how he's treated me when I've been wrong or I've mistreated him or I have um, I wasn't right and his unconditional love to forgive me. And, I mean, when we'd first date, because I was really going through deliverance when we first started dating because there was so many forces of powers of hell that were trying to keep us apart Mm. and and prevent the union because hell is scared let's be real um but he would say 
before I even ever apologized, I would be me. He'd say, I forgive you. And I'm like, what? You're supposed to get mad and fight back. Cause I grew up in kind of a, a very hostile home, abusive. And I was, I wanted him to like, you know, come at me so I could get mad and yell at you and walk away. Like, and then, and he'd say, I forgive you. And it just took my defense. My, my arms would just come down mm-hmm. and I would be like, not literally, I'm not going to like, <laughs> but, but my, it, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, not your guards. Yeah, yeah. My guards. So, um, I, I had to ask God, I said, God, how do I forgive? And the first thing the Holy Spirit spoke to me is he said, you have to relinquish your right to be offended. He said, because you have the right to be offended. But just like God, the father, I have the right. The God, the father has the right to be offended at your sin. But he relinquishes the right to be offended because of the blood of Jesus and because of what Jesus did. So therefore, if you're God the Father, if God the Father relinquishes his right to be offended, how much more should you relinquish your right to be offended? So how do you relinquish your right to be offended? So I just would say, because everything in in, in the kingdom of God and even in the opposite, the kingdom of darkness, is um, activated by the power of words. Mm-hmm. The Bible says if you want to be saved, just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So if yeah. our access to heaven is as simple as saying and truly believing, Jesus, Lord, of my, I, Jesus, Lord, I believe in Jesus. Lord, I want you to be my Lord. Like, it's that simple. It's like, really, I want you, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. Then we have the power with words to activate. So I said, as many times until I started to feel something break in me and I started crying, I said, I relinquish the right to be offended. I relinquish the right to have unforgiveness. I relinquish the right to be offended. I re- And I literally kept saying it until I started to feel it to break and I started crying. I was sitting in my car and then I started praying and I said, God, now teach me how, how do I forgive? Like I'm relinquishing. And he said, you bless that person. I'm like, do I really got to bless them? He said, I said to bless your enemies. Mm. Pray for that person. Issue the love of God. Just say, I bless. So I started praying. I bless her. I pray for Father. I bless them, Jesus. I bless them. I pray, God, that you just, and then I kind of was like, by the way, open their eyes, God. Um, <laughs> let them see their deception. And that one too. Let them see them nasty self, God. Just, re- you know, and then I'd, I'd get back into holiness yeah. and then um, be like, but really just start blessing them and praying for them yeah. and like, releasing them out of my soul because when you hold unforgiveness it's a soul tie um unforgiveness is a different kind of soul tie it's not a sexual one obviously um it's a soul tie that comes through the harboring and holding on it's an obsession Mm -hmm. and it like holds on to that person and they're here and they're moving on with their life they're like do 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 and like carrying on they they oh they forgot you know or sometimes sometimes People don't know what they did, but in this case, they knew what they did, which, like, I was like, they know. And um, and so God would just be like, you know, you got to get those, the, you got to cut soul ties, and you got to release them out. And so I would say literally, again, with the words and speaking and declaring, I release from my soul so-and-so. I release them from my heart. I release the unforgiveness. I release everything I'm holding on of wanting to see them pay. Because I wanted them to pay. I wanted to see them hurt the way I wanted, which is called retaliation. And I didn't want to do it, but I wanted God to make them pay. I wanted them to feel what they were making me feel so they would understand. Yeah. And and God was like, you got to let that go because, honey girl, that's retaliation. And Satan's kingdom works in retaliation. So 
I had to be like, okay, God, I, 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 I take the, 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 what is the word? Right. The right. Yeah. I relinquish the right to want to see them like feel what I'm feeling. And instead I would bless them and just release them. And it was a process. It didn't have like the first time I got breakthrough, but then again, those voices would try to come and remind you. And then I would pray again. And then eventually it just broke whenever I just decided. And I said, you know what? My destiny is too expensive. My call, my my marriage with my future husband is too expensive to let those devils minister yeah. to me. They're not going to have room in my ear. I was wrong, but you know what? So was Joseph. Look what happened to him. So was Mordecai, but look what happened to him. So was King David, but look what happened to him. It turned out it's all right, but I got to keep my heart right. God is testing me. And so when I put it in that in that perspective, it, it, it's, it's like, yeah. And so for some people it'll be quick and some people it'll be a process. Yeah. I love uh, so many good things that you're saying right now. Um, and I love that you're clarifying that it is a process. Yeah. Don't expect yourself to forgive that person and for it to be gone yeah. from you the first time you say it or you try this, yeah. you know, it's, it takes time. Cause I've, I've experienced the same thing where it's, yeah. I've forgiven them, and then that unforgiveness tries to creep back yep, in, and I choose to forgive them again and again and again until I do not feel those feelings yep. anymore, and those feelings actually became replaced with, I really hope that they are doing well. Yeah, I really want to see them succeeding in life. Come on, you know, and Jesus. that is that that is possible, even though yes. someone hurt you, traumatized you, caused you a lot of pain in life, it yes. is possible yes. to actually want yes. good for them. And the other thing, dang, there's another thing that was so good that you said that I <laughs> wanted to talk about. Um, man, it's okay. It'll come back well, to Well, a me. good person to reference for severe healing I mean, of course, there's deliverance and, and all that and soul healing. They're two separate things. I mean, they're very, you got to heal. When we were talking about people that deal with hardcore trauma, like molestation and rape. Yeah. There, that is usually takes a little bit more time and it's a process. Yeah. But um, Joyce Myers has great materials on this because she was uh, raped by her own father for many, many years. And so she talks about the process that she walked through in, in getting free from all that was, you know, not just unforgiveness, offense and bitterness, but trauma and guilt and shame. And she's doing all right now, you know, she's, she's, doing, she's all right. doing all right. <laughs> but yeah, so she's, she's someone who's really walked that out, like for the heavy stuff. I mean, there's some people that have gone through things that we couldn't even imagine, you know, um, and, and so there is hope for those people and they're, they don't have to stay stuck in the, the shame and guilt and, um, and, and the unforgiveness and bitterness. They don't have to stay locked in those prisons, that there is a way out and it, it might take time and it might take some, um, self actualization and really allowing God to shine the light. Um, and if you're willing, you know, if they're willing, they, they can walk in that freedom and he's he's more than willing to walk us into freedom. He wants to, but he he's a gentleman, and he will never force us. He'll never push us into something that we don't want. You know. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so 
That's so good. And I think I'm just, you mentioned David, you mentioned Joseph and Mordecai and like, I just, Jesus, right? Like Jesus who lived a perfect life, who died for those who were killing him. The people that were literally killing him were the people that he was dying for. Mm. And and so I think when we also understand how much we've been forgiven of, mm-hmm. it kind of puts it into perspective. Yeah. Um I think that sometimes maybe the problem isn't for me. I can I, I can say I can say this for myself because I never I never killed anybody, mm-hmm. right? I never raped anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I don't see, I, for a long time, I didn't see myself as a, as a sinner. Like, I'm not that bad. Yeah. So, you know, like, I'm so glad that Jesus died for me, but yeah. like, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't really do that much anyway. So it wasn't, yeah. my, my sin wasn't that expensive to wow. pay for. Um, wow. And this is my first time actually saying that out loud. Wow. I'm sure many people have thought that. Yeah. Wow. So I I, I, I think I like it, it was a process for me of like I think just understanding the holiness of God. Yes. And asking God to show me how do you see sin? Like help me to feel th- I actually prayed this prayer like wow. many times for years. Show me how you view my sin so I can hate it the way that you hate it. Because I think until you can truly hate sin, until you can truly see it the way that God sees it, until you can truly understand how much you've been forgiven of, mm. A, you're not going to value the cross. You're not going to value the blood of Jesus. And B, you're, you're not going to feel like forgiving someone else you're not going to understand like well my debt that was paid was way more than this debt that i'm holding against this other person it's so good so good because i'm sure there's people that are like i'm a good person i hear that a lot people like i'm a good person yeah and you know we're still all sinners again you know unforgiveness is sin yeah and it's like we we that's a that's so good I just, I know there's people that probably feel that way and think that too, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think, and I think the only way to really come to terms is, to, is by prayer and, and asking God, like, I really want to know your heart. I really want to see mm. your heart for this. Mm. Um, show me and reveal mm. it to me. And he's, he's so good. Like he does, like you said, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. Mm upon any anyone upon any situation mm. but he will he's a good god so he's gonna he's gonna show you give you wisdom give you yep. discernment help you to see things from his perspective when yeah. you ask and that's the other thing to one of the secrets about the girls was i would ask god to help me to see them through his eyes yeah that was a hard prayer to pray because i didn't want to and then I knew I needed to in order to let go yeah. of, of the grudge and yeah. the, the offense. Yeah. I feel, 
feel like we can talk like we could talk for seven <laughs> days straight seven and days have straight. like a, I know. a long episode but, but the good news is you can come back yes <laughs> <laughs> so i think like we we talked about some like i was i had no agenda coming into this i had yes. no, no like prepared questions nope. and i know when, when i talked to you on wednesday you asked me and i said i'm just gonna let the holy spirit lead and he sure did. He did. <laughs> so yes. I had a blast. So much fun. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. It is such a joy to be here. And these are topics I feel that the world needs to hear, in particular, the generations to come. Yes. The generation, you know, uh, I don't even know what I am, what gen I am now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My gen, our generation and lower. Gen X. Go. I think we're Gen X. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> or um, millennials no i think we might be millennials do you know <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay i don't think i i think we're millennials. yeah because uh, yeah i think we're i don't think i make the cut for millennial though oh. i don't want to give my age away but it's okay yeah. we'll go with millennial all right yeah i'm a millennial <laughs> if anybody asks <laughs> but no thank you again for being here um Thanks for being led by the spirit and everything was perfect and on time Yay. and just the way that God wanted it to happen. So, um, like really looking forward to, to doing another episode soon. Thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All righty. Yeah.